He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. Like the interesting part of our story and journey so far is that, you know, after actually insuring, a, you know, four or five million nights worth of bookings, we realized that insurance, at least the traditional approach to insurance, is just not the answer. Mm. So, look, let me share something with you that no one who works in insurance wants you to know. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. What's up, all my Slick Talkers? This podcast is sponsored by Hostfully. You've heard them on the show before when I had David, the co-founder of Hostfully. What Hostfully does for the industry is create digital guidebooks and they're a property management platform. So you can manage your vacation rental or boutique hotel on Hostfully directly. I think we can all agree that 2020 has been a wild year, but with this year has come a lot of great things like Hostfully and the software that they've created. Hostfully is making it easier to help optimize your listing and your vacation rental so that way you and your team can grow and thrive during this time. Not only are they a great software and platform for vacation rental managers and small boutique hotel owners to use, they are a very insightful company. They use a bunch of integrations and partnerships with other companies in the space to find the most compelling data to help make sure that any user or industry expert has the tools and resources to make sure that they are literally optimizing and using everything to their advantage. Things like industry reports and white papers and data insights are key to understanding how to continue to move forward and Hostfully does this super well. Now I want you to take a look at the show notes below, see the link that says Hostfully website, click that, and if you sign up and get a guidebook or onboard to their software, use the code SLICKTALK20 to get 20% off and you will not regret it, I promise. So go ahead, go to Hostfully.com and get signed up today. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Will Slickers, like always, never going to change unless I die and somebody takes over. But um, I'm here with Humphrey, who is the co-founder of GuardHog. And if you've been following along some stuff that's been going on, uh, we had Leo Walton, who was also with GuardHog. Um, he was on the Good Morning Hospitality Show. So we're doing a little bit of a tag team here going back and forth between co-founders and all sorts of stuff. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, thank you for taking the time, of course, to record with me and welcome to the show. Well, it's brilliant to be here, mate. Thanks very much for having me. Of course. And I'm pretty sure my audience is really tired of me saying this, but back in March when we were at the short stay show, um, this has like been a common theme from a lot of episodes since since then. But it's a lot of people we met, a bunch of people like Damian Sheridan from the Book Direct show and a bunch of other people that met in London, got to meet, get to know a little bit. And then here we are, like nine months, eight months, 10 months down the road, uh, all finally getting on the show. And you were one of those people too. We had a brief interaction at your guys' GuardHog booth. I uh, got to learn a bit about what you guys do. But I think for the audience sake, I would love for you to kind of explain a little bit more about you since that they didn't get to meet you in London like I did. So you want to know who the real Humphrey Bowles is? I mean, man, that's a pretty deep question to get going yeah. with, isn't it? 
Yeah, exactly. Wow. We're, we're going to start out deep and just keep it going. <laughs> nice. Well, look, so I live in the UK, London, uh, and then in the country in Somerset. And yes, I'm a Brit. So I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for your audience. I'm married to the brilliant, talented, incredibly patient Hattie. And we've got two kids, five and one, another on the way. Help me. Oh, congratulations. And then we've, also got, we've also got like two dogs, one cat and three goats. And if you want an insight to our life, like we decided we get some goats on the, on the Saturday and we had them on by the Sunday. So life moves pretty fast. Well, so we've been Airbnb super hosts since 2016. And it's totally fair to say that we live, love, breathe, smoke, drink, you name it, this industry. I mean, look, this year in the first lockdown, we converted an old 14th century barn into two quirky units. And in the second lockdown, we've literally just completed converting a pig shed into a beautiful little bottle. So if anyone wants to come and experience having breakfast with goats, you know where to come. And then look, how they end up here? I guess that that's a, that's a much more interesting conversation. So I don't know. I kind of want to hear more about the goats and breakfast with goats, but I keep going. I love it. This is great. <laughs> Hey, look, well, Larry, Barry, and Harry would love to have breakfast with you. Just bring some nuts and carrots and that kind of stuff, and they'll, they'll keep you company. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, what's, uh, I guess, <laughs> yeah, aside from the goats and, and being, you know, uh, you, you know, creating these amazing experiences now during lockdowns, obviously, you guys have been spending your time wisely, but how did you get into this industry um, prior to Guardhog? And kind of, I want to hear maybe like your origin, you know, like all these great origin superhero movies that come out after the main movie. I want to hear a little bit more about yours. Oh, no, 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 then I have to kind of embarrass myself. So I guess back at Varsity, uh, Edinburgh, if interested, I studied geography and politics and, and, you know, looking back at it now, that really incorporated things like privacy, trust, identity, globalization, data, tech, societies. And then after graduating, I was one of those, okay, I need a job, but I have absolutely no idea what to do kind of grad. So I went and did the really sensible thing of getting myself onto an accountancy graduate training program with PwC. And look, this was during what I think is now called the Great Depression back in 2008. Um, I actually thought that was in the 20s, but no, apparently this is what the 2008 banking crisis is called. And look, from my point of view, maybe it really was great as this was, you know, the catalyst that started this shiny new thing called the sharing economy. And I just saw it as a wave that was in its infancy and had the potential to grow enormously. And I just wanted to be a part of it. Um, I was also a really bad accountant and that was not going to work out as a long-term career. So um, I saw it as a sector that I wanted to be a part of. Um, and like, look, look at the ethos and the drive to do stuff better and be less wasteful and greener and healthier and more fun. So without much thought, I stopped being an accountant and joined a tiny OTA and spent five years helping grow it. And that, that was that really, I've been hooked ever since. And then, so with that, you guys, what was like the, I guess with being in the OTA world, 
what did you see that created those moments or the momentum into creating what Guardhog is today? Yeah, I mean, look, great question. I mean, from from a Guardhog perspective, you know, yeah. I basically spent five years speaking to thousands of hosts, and this was essentially my market research. You know, mm. you know, speaking to everyone day in day out about joining the short term rentals market. And there were times, to be completely honest, when it was pretty uncomfortable. Look, I mean, look, the first question every host asks is, how much money can I make? And the second is, what if something goes wrong? And having a proper answer to that second question is super hard. Because when having guests staying in your home is looked at as a commercial activity by insurers and is not covered by normal residential insurance policies, it's really difficult to have a proper answer to that question. You can't these, just shrug it off. Were these mostly like hosts as in like they had second homes and they just were thinking about it? Or were these actually like professional property managers that were, you know, having a portfolio? So these were proper hosts, proper okay. individuals who are wanting to hand over their homes. But gotcha. it goes through, it filters through to the property managers as well, because they have yeah. the same conversations that I was having. You know, it's, 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 you are on the front line of the coal, of the coal mine here. So, you know, my job, my job literally was persuading hosts to share their biggest asset. And I knew when I was doing that, I was potentially leaving them really exposed. So how did you, how did you cover, like, what was your sales line? What was your, your pitch to get them like to answer that question of like, if something goes wrong, well, we have this, like, what were, what was your, you know, like sham wow moment where you're able to sell it? Hey, well, I took my dog with me to every meetings and the dog did the selling. I just drank <laughs> the coffee and, and kind of had a nice chat. <laughs> um, that's, awesome. that's true, by the way, as well. Um, no, so like, you know, my, you know, my, my trust was that the service that the company provided was, 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 was brilliant. And, you know, back then in the day, it was best in class. So, you know, it was the fact that we were going to be able to, stop stuff going wrong but yeah. you know we weren't always right well we you know yeah. mistakes get made people get tired people make cut corners and yeah. especially when you're you know pumping for growth stuff can get missed and you know that's why i decided that you know for the growth of the industry something had to be done to tackle it you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take someone with a particularly big brain, which is lucky, because um, that means I've got a chance to see that without proper controls and risk management in place, that handing over the keys of your home to a stranger is going to be a roulette of good stays and stays of potential horror incidents, such as shootings or brothels or parties or goodness knows what else. Yeah. Well, what was the, like... So you've obviously seen it, you've had to work with it, you know, like you said, thousands of hosts and property managers and people that are thinking about putting their asset on the line to do this. How did you then quit your job and get to creating GuardHog? And what is GuardHog for all the guests or listeners that um, maybe don't know exactly what that may be? I mean, look, I, I'd loved, I loved my job. It was to me, like it was the best job in the whole world. I mean, like Mm -hmm. who doesn't love going and seeing beautiful properties and meeting amazing, fascinating people. It was the best job, but 
I wanted to make a real difference to the industry. I really wanted to solve this trust issue. So I got on board the Tiger and have just ridden it to try and bring on board this new trust, safety, risk management, insurance and security type offering. And, you know, mm. if, if it's, it, it is fair to say that this is still one of the biggest problems that the industry faces. You know, we estimate the cost at 21.9 billion pounds dollars a year in damage and lost opportunity. Okay. So, you know, when we're, um, when we're looking at GuardHog, you know, both GuardHog and SuperHog are key parts of the GuardHog Technologies family. And I would describe our business as a data-driven intelligence and risk management business focused on insurance, trust, safety, and security in the short-term rental sector. Now, look, as a stake in the ground, by properties covered, I think GuardHog is the leading short-term rentals insurance provider. And we hang our banner on providing brilliant cost-effective insurance products for hosts, property owners, businesses operating in this space. And yeah. just so people know, cover starts from like six, $6 a month to $80 a year kind of thing. So it's really cost-effective. Yeah. Um, Superhog is then our global risk management platform. And its mission is to create a future where it's easier for everyone to take better decisions and facilitate the taking of safer bookings. So Superhog aims to, you know, look behind the, the profiles to reveal mm. insights on those individuals and properties involved in the short-term rental industry that really can't be found anywhere else. And then we use this intelligence combined with AI and machine learning and all those, you know, super buzzwords of the day to really prevent stuff going wrong in the first place. But it's all backed up by us so that all of our members have certainty. So how long ago did you guys start this? Like what was the beginning chapter for, for all this tech and for the, the advancement and this mission? Oh, well, I love this question. Cause like, you know, for me, like people think about Godhawk as being insurance, but mm -hmm. you gotta understand that like, I didn't come from an insurance background. And by the way, my co-founder didn't come from an insurance background either. So we're both outsiders going into insurance. And yeah. for me, like the big realization was that Godhawk isn't really just about insurance. Like the interesting part of our story and journey so far is that, you know, after actually insuring, a, you know, four or five million nights worth of bookings, we realized that insurance, at least the traditional approach to insurance is just not the answer. Mm. So look, let me share something with you that no one who works in insurance wants you to know. Like bring it. In, insurance world is a suboptimal solution. Like put it simply, no one likes making the insurance claim. They prefer their stuff or their house as it is. Like they don't want their home to burn down. So if you can stop a claim from happening in the first place, that is the ideal. Now, that is where GuardHog comes in. So when it comes to, you know, short-term rentals, we believe that with the right tech risk management tools, you are actually able to control and minimize the risk, not just to the extent that it's manageable, but to the extent that it doesn't exist. And that's the game changer for both the short-term rentals and quite frankly, the insurance industry. 
Well, it's preventative know. maintenance, if you think about it. Completely, yeah. completely. And, you know, what we've done is to develop a very tech-centric, fully integrated risk management platform mm. that is able to prevent incidents from happening. And our tech incorporates guest host, property screening, monitoring booking patterns, uses outsiders as well. So we're very much a collaborative platform rather than just a, you know, in-house only tool set. And we think this is how protection should be delivered. So can I ask, I want to, as a property manager perspective, this is like my, my business brain coming on. Um, for people like my parents, I'll use them as an uh, example. They don't have a property management platform. They just solely are the old school, you know, hosts that got into it 2000, maybe 11-ish, and just put it on Airbnb and Verbo and call it good. You know, they just manage it on those, those uh, um, marketing platforms. So is GuardHog a solution that can come into people like that versus also people like me who have a property management platform, who have multiple properties across the, you know, this, the country and, and focus on that type of service? Or is this, is it a one or the other? No, mate, it's both. It's both. Like, you know, we, uh, uh, we built this platform for me, who is a host, yeah. and we built it for you as a property manager. And one of the key pieces that we see to winning is by being able to work with the breadth of hosts and guests within the short-term rental sector. It doesn't, it doesn't work in, in my eyes as only being able to work with the big businesses. Like, yeah. like trust can't become commercialized. It can't become a commodity. It has to be able to be used and distributed democratically and yeah. to everyone in order for it to have value so yeah i love that you just said that because that just got me super pumped up um but with oh gosh that's so good okay so with that though like um so i love that the trust it can't be one-sided it can't just be all right all you professional property managers here you go but for hosts what have you guys seen this type of I, I'm trying to find the right word for it. There, there's a word I know, but either way, how, how have you guys seen the implementation of this in the industry really take off, you know, with pre, let's take pre-COVID times, right? Before everything kind of went to shit and, and in some cases went to shit, right? Uh, but let's talk about like, what has this done across, you know, people that have used it and like, what kind of data have you guys seen when it comes to the risk management aspect of everything? I mean, we like, we know that before COVID, we knew what to do. We knew how we were going to do it, but we were really struggling for the time to implement it. Mm. So what COVID has given us is time. And mm. this is not just unique to Gardog. I know that this is something that the entire industry has benefited from is tech development. And the leap forwards that we've seen in technology over the last 12 months have been absolutely extraordinary. And, and we are a great example of that. So we've been able to completely work through our user journey, user interface, backend system in order to deliver a much more seamless product. So whereas before your parents would have had to jump through a few hoops, press a few buttons, do a few clicks, like, you know, we're talking three or four clicks. 
Yeah. Now the whole thing works seamlessly. Now they get a booking and it automatically pings off to the guests to take them through their check-in. And, you know, we purposely try not to talk too much around um, screening and that type of thing, because screening is only part of a process. It's much better to talk about knowing your guests, knowing your host, knowing your properties, much more uh, uh, it facilitates a much more open conversation and therefore creates more trust if it's a two-way thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that the big leap forwards we've been able to see are really around that uh, product delivery, de uh, product delivery, service delivery, which enables um, this not to be a burdensome experience for hosts and guests. And that's the best when it is a no-click, when things happen automatically without you doing anything. Yeah. Well, we've we've been talking. So I I love you bring up a couple of good points is because we've been. I have two friends, one that you know of, uh, Michael Golden with NoiseAware. Um, we were talking about how COVID has really sped up the the industry. Like it's the things that were going to happen in, I don't know, two years, three years, maybe even four really happened in these last 12. You know, we were like, holy crap, like this has really sped everything up. Um, but then I love that you're talking about the openness and communication between the guests and the hosts and how this is affecting that type of transaction because transparency, um, as we've all known, uh, has been lacking, I think, in the industry, whether it's, you know, with hotels, restaurants, vacation rentals, anything in hospitality, I think there's always been a little bit of a transparency lack. Um, and so with that, you guys have now opened up that door and become more transparent and done that. What do you think this is really doing for, I, I know you kind of mentioned, you know, talking about trust, it just can't be one-sided and it has to be, you know, linear across all uh, in the industry, but what kind of, uh, I guess, effect have you seen the transparency that you guys have pretty much created uh, do? See, well, this is, this might be a controversial opinion, which is probably a great conversation to have, but man, like, I feel like it's a battle between host and guest. I like it. It is host v guest or guest v host. Like it is a pitch battle between. It is this is not a king size bed. It's only a, a double. Why have you sold me the wrong thing? Or, you know, I've got. You know, you promised me this. I haven't got that. Or you're overcharging me. And the difficulty is that as a host using the vast majority of platforms, you become a slave to those five star reviews. Like mm -hmm. you will do ridiculous things to get a five-star review. And that's crazy. And that sucks so much of the joy of having people to stay in your home out of the whole experience. Mm -hmm. Like it is uh, something I believe passionately, the five-star reviews are negative for the industry because they are chased and the chasing takes away the whole value add of home sharing. And I don't yet have the answer for what to replace it with, except that they're not really necessary because it's only the bad reviews that people care about. And mm -hmm. if someone's not so bad, they won't be left to review in the first place. So the whole issue gets swept under the carpet. But I, you know, there is a, there's a real impact around not, not having to do five-star reviews or go to the efforts and be enslaved to it. And I think that the way that I want to see, you know, the future of the industry is actually where 
people are much more relaxed about turning up to stay with people because there is independence because they know the they're not going to stay with a wrong one, that the property is what they're going to expect, that the guests are not going to suddenly turn up with three extra, having not asked their host about that, about, you know, that level of transparency, but that's never going to come from one OTA. That's only going to come from pooling together the breadth and the depth and the, and the, and the, you know, different fragments of home sharing into one place. That's a really interesting perspective. And I think like, I've never heard anybody say that, especially on the show, like that, that super unique point of view. And I find it like really interesting because even during like during COVID, I think you're right. Like I, all I see in these like Facebook groups or even with clients or whatever is, well, the guests, the guests did this. How dare they like, you know, like acting like the, the host is greater than thou, right. They're kind of on their high horse and I've seen it's interesting because I come from both hotel and vacation rental world. So I started in hotels, but then I, you know, segued into, into both and hotel side, it's always the guests. Like we take care of the guests. We take care of the guests. We take care of the guests. Uh, vacation rentals, I like hosts or property managers. I've seen kind of in the, like there's, those are like all about the guest experience and they don't chase that five-star review. They're just naturally, you know, they're on top of their stuff. They have good quality. They're good communication, great systems in place. All that stuff is good. Um, but then there's those hosts that are like, this guest left a, a diaper in the trash and I can't believe they did that. Like, oh my goodness. And they freak out about this whole thing and go off. And it's like, not really hospitality. It's like, they expect people to stay and not touch anything and be perfect and make the bed after they check out. So it's like, it's really interesting to see people that, are like that but then going into uh what you were saying with not having to worry about like the guests bringing in three other three other people or or whatever um uh, because like with hotels i never question like when i'm staying in a marriott hotel like i never question if my room's gonna be clean uh if the check-in's gonna be nice and pleasant like i just i know what to expect there's standards there's quality control the property's well maintained um you know the linen's great the beds are great all that stuff with vacation rentals, there's such a diverse, you know, inventory, huge. Yeah, but like, it comes down to price, doesn't it? It comes down to price and what you're paying. Yeah. And if you're paying $100 a night to go and stay somewhere, you should expect a whole different board game than if you're paying 250 or 500 or 1000 And yeah. that's, the, that's the key. In some places, you'll find a beautiful, but you're only paying $100 because the host, quite frankly, wants very little to do with you. And he just wants you to turn up, enjoy the place and then and then disappear. Mm. And others where you'll pay a bit more and you'll get the full champagne on, you know, how are you doing the next morning? Okay, the coffee wasn't quite great. Let me go, let me go down to the Starbucks and get you a, a fresh coffee. But mm. it's all about those expectations, isn't it? It's all about setting those expectations before people turn up so they yeah. know what they can expect but it's still the price people still pay money to go and stay and therefore there is always going to be an element of service interesting so do you think this is going to change the um i guess i I won't phrase it just like jeremy did with breezeway but the quality control aspect of you know as we're leading into 2021 um the quality of property coming out or do you think this is gonna like we're gonna continue to see like both flip back and forth i mean 
Look, I think our biggest challenge as an industry is actually how we're going to continue to attract new guests, new hosts, better homes, and to encourage more people to kind of cross the threshold and get involved in the industry. And from my perspective, better regulation, better standards, better expectation setting is a hugely positive thing. And having a standardization of what people can expect is positive. But it has to be done independently. It has to be done um, from a agnostic source. And that's, that's, that's a broad, very broad brush to, 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 to paint with. Mm -hmm. And there are plenty of different opinions that need to be taken into account. But ultimately, the very basics, depending on who the guest is, which is a huge unknown, by the way, because like, you know, some guests are Generation Z who are going to be more and more prominent in this industry. And others are your baby boomers who are pretty tech illiterate and don't get, you know, properties without a key. Sorry, baby boomers. That's probably really unfair. I was using my <laughs> mom. We definitely would not get that as the example. Um, <laughs> But like, you know, there's, it's spanned, the industry is so enormous and spans so many different types of personas that it's just impossible to nail it down to one or the other. So ultimately, the only thing you can do is to try and set in, in the pre-booking blurb what kind of host you are, what kind of service you provide and what guests can expect. And then have some sort of moderation, whether it's Breezeway, which are brilliant, by the way, um, yeah. you know, or, or whatever it might be independently adjudicating. it. Yeah, that's interesting. And I kind of want to bring you, you said something about the five star reviews. Um, and I don't know why I'm just now thinking of it. But like when I'm traveling and I'm booking a, a vacation rental um, during co or pre-COVID, I never looked at reviews in the sense of like, I was really looking for a negative one to find out if there was a constant theme. If not, great, I booked it. Uh, but during COVID, when I booked one, I actually was looking at all the reviews that were five star for what to expect during this time of COVID. What was open? How did the you know host manage cleaning? Um, do you think maybe this will, uh, let's say we get rid of the five star, like we get rid of star ratings, right? And like you say, um, where how do you think like with the standardization in the industry and professionalism rising uh you say it needs to be on the individual which i 100 percent agree with i think every as an industry we need to continue to evolve but to in order to evolve there's got to be some leading uh you know person or company or you know band of people that kind of lead this charge um what what would be in replacement of communicating what type of host like the, the vacation rental is super unique in this aspect from hotel world. I never had to explain what type of hotel we were because they already saw the website. They already saw, you know, the stuff on, on booking or Expedia, but with hosts or property management, it's like people aren't going into depth. Like they share a little bit of personal information, like me and my wife and our three kids grew up here and raised them and they loved it and blah, 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 blah. And now we turned it to them and we're empty nesters and like, now, they go into depth of their personality and who they are and their life story. Um, do you think like this is going to continue? Like if we got rid of that five-star rating, like is that going to be what sells 
the review, like the overall guest on booking? For me, it needs to like you can't have a rating. Ratings are um, what's the right word to use? They they're they're racist. They're they're, they're they're all sorts of awful things which don't convey who a person is because it's all subjective. It's all done by based on a third party's experience, which you don't even know if it was real or not. Like, yeah. like you know, fake reviews, they exist. Like, you know, um, I'm guilty, by the way. I got my co-founder, just, just, just so I can say it, like I got my co-founder to book my property first and then leave a review saying he had a great stay, just to say it exists and it worked. And then yeah. other people came and booked. Like, that's a fake review. I'm guilty of it, guys. Um, but you can't have a rating system because it's too subjective. It's too arbitrary. It just, it just doesn't mean enough. So what I believe is the answer is, is a experience-based, yes, we back this individual or no, we would not back this individual. And then you let the person, the people who are staying with each other make their mind up whether they want to go ahead with the transaction or not. And there is plenty of scope to go and stay with other people in the market. Yeah. And then people are able to make up their minds about whether or not they do want to go or not. And if you take away the rating systems and you simply have a yes, no, then it is a very simplistic but effective way of either demonstrating you are a acceptable member of the community or you're not. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And talking about like building trust, I think that really comes down to it. Like I trust you because I get to know you and all those other things, right. That lead up to that moment of, ah, yeah, Humphrey, good guy, solid dude. Um, but if you were like kind of scummy when I met you in London and then also on our like pre-chat and just kind of, you know, being, being whatever, like then I'd be like, ah, I don't know if I trust this guy telling him any of my business. So uh, long story short, I think that it comes interesting back to the conversation of trust and transparency. Um, but I want to get back. Just just to jump in for one sec. But you see, this yeah. is this is why with our business, we don't, even though we could, we don't do a rating. Everyone is either, you're either in and 98% of people are in because they're the great guests and the great hosts or you're out. And it completely takes away the subjectivity. And then we back you know, up to a million, well, more than a million dollars. Like we back all of our members with real cash for their home sharing expertise, for their home sharing experiences. So they can demonstrate their expertise when they're looking to stay. So even though, you know, Hattie might not know, well, even though you don't know my co-founder, <clears throat> Andrew, if you want to go and stay at his home, we can still vouch for you and say, look, we know Will, we know he's great. We know he's going with five mates, but he's great. He'll look after everyone that then opens up the industry to this new range of Bella homes, Bella guests, Bella properties. And that's what we want to do. We want to build confidence. We want to build supply. We want to build demand. But it's done by building a less subjective review system. Well, I love that you just said that because it really like that helps so much because coming up, like you're saying all this stuff and then seeing that you implement it into what you guys are doing at GuardHog and it's actually working. That's where it's no longer just a, it's no longer a concept. It's no longer a, a theory. It's something that is actually implemented and 
executed on, which I think is super cool. And that was kind of leading into my question was like, where did all this come from? And like, how do you guys see this playing into a role of guard hog? But you guys, you just answered the question before I could even ask it. So that's awesome. Um, with, with that, I guess what going into 2021, like whether obviously you shared a little bit, but what are the hopes for the industry as we continue, like, especially with what you guys are doing at guard hog? I mean, you know, I, I, my, my view on COVID is that, um, to go cliched, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. And all the conversations I'm having within the industry now, you know, everyone who is still here, you know, they're all stronger, like so much stronger. Like, wow, are they, are they, have they done some cool stuff since COVID came along? So, you know, I, I think maybe before COVID, um, like growth, uh, in inverted commas, was probably taking the lead at the expense of sustainable businesses. Um, and I think that this pandemic has actually professionalized and recentered the industry mm. and has forced it to really, you know, face some hard truths and grow up. And my hope is that we're now in a place that is actually going to allow the industry to grow faster and stronger and better and quicker. And now, you know, I'd hate to be a doom monger, Will, but I don't think 2021 is going to be that great. I think it's going to be fairly subdued, but I do think 2022 is going to be one hell of a party. Like <laughs> I think like, you know, from, from the middle to the end of next year, we're going to really see a ramp up in uh, in bookings and that is just going to explode in 2022. People don't know what cabin fever is yet. Yeah? yeah, Let's get to the end of March and April and then we will know what cabin fever is. But yeah. until then, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit disappointing, but that allows for more development, allows for mm. more brains to sit around the table and build, build better plans. Yeah, no, I was just talking to uh, my girlfriend last night. We were saying, yeah, I don't think 20, like everyone just thinks like 2021 is like in a couple of weeks away. We're almost there. We've almost made it. It's like, no, it's still going to be pretty crap. Like until like, like you said, I think last quarter of the 2021 year and then 2022, like you said, we're going to see a boom. My question to you, which I asked Leo as well um, on Good Morning Hospitality was, do you think the vacation rental or hospitality industry as a whole uh, is ready for that boom of bookings and reservations and travel um, as we've been kind of quiet and sleepy, but you know, seeing some kind of pickup with drive to destinations and a few other things like that? Um, do you think we're ready? Hell yes. Hell yes. No one's <laughs> been sleeping. No one's been snoozing. No, I know of at least. Everyone has been busy, noses down, grinding away. Like, you know, this is, this is a cutthroat world and industry. Yes, we get on really well. We love each other. It's fun to hang out. It's fun to chat. It's fun to see how everyone's doing. But it's cutthroat. And anything that you can do to get ahead, people will do. And, you know, now is the time to implement um, upsells, cross-sells in the right way, mind, in the right way. But now is the time to really put in place the tools that are going to make your business go faster, go quicker. Because if you don't, someone else will. And by the way, they already are. Yeah. And therefore you're missing out. So if you're not doing it, 
you're not you're 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 missing something and that you know it's the same with us as well there's always new tech there's always new stuff that we're building and that's the that's the fun that's the joy that's you know that is the industry that we're working in and geez it's a good one now this is a a random question um i've been working on this like other idea for the show um Yes, it is actually. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I have been so long story short, been creating this uh, concept uh, that we did the awards for earlier this year called the Destination Air Award. And the definition is people that are wired to create remarkable experiences that are anticipated and shared. Now, I've been wanting to ask a lot of my you know guests on the show, friends, entrepreneurs in the industry, outside of the industry, this question. Are, do you feel like you were wired to create or did it somehow come to become like that? Like you were wired from the beginning to create. And like you just said, you're creating new things. There's always new tech, there's always innovation. That's the joy, the excitement. Are, do you feel like you were wired to do that from the beginning or did it just kind of become as time became on? Uh, I put myself in the wired camp. Awesome. That's what I just w- wanted to know. Yeah, you know, I put myself in the work camp. Always, always have been. Always, that's what that's 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 fun. Perfect. Yeah, it's just like the I know another podcast out in the world uh, called Born or Made. Uh, so we're born this way, or we're made this way throughout time. But I like the I like the wired to create option. Um, but my last last final part of the episode, and we won't take up any more of your time. But want to know. What can we see? What is going on with Guard Hog currently that you would love to share with the audience? I think that, you know, we care passionately about this industry and it is tough times, Will. It is tough times. But, you know, we, is, we, we started a competition and the competition is tell us why you deserve it. So that's, that's about as hard as it gets. But we, we really want to help some business doesn't have to be in the UK, it is global. Somewhere, somewhere, an SDR business, doesn't have to be property management, but it can be whatever, just focus on the SDR industry. And we wanna help them get through the next six months. And the way that we're gonna help them get through the next six months is there's a 10,000 pound cash prize to a business, which we're gonna give away at the end of uh, quarter one, quarter two next year. Um, and we just love anyone out there who's listening to this, who's going through a hard time, just to go to go to Guard Hog, go to the Business Boost, and take a take a punt because you never know, it could be you. And we've got um, a brilliant guy who's doing the judging for us, so it's not just Guard Hog, brilliant guy doing the judging, and. Um, We'll do uh, a live reveal at some point, uh, beginning of quarter two, to uh, to let let you know who's who's won it. But you know that is our way of trying to help the industry grow and accelerate. If the borders open up early, can I come and watch you guys do the announcement with the goats? Well, you'd be delighted to come and stay with the goats. Maybe we can even Perfect. get the goats the goats on hand to kind of whittle down a, a random shortlist or so. Maybe we can have a goats winner. And an, and, a, and, a, and an actual winner. No, that'd be, that'd be perfect. Well, no, I think that's amazing that you guys are doing that for the industry. Uh, that's one thing that I admire and like fell in love with hospitality as a whole, but specifically the vacation rental world of 
the ability to give back and just like constantly always looking to do that. So thank you guys for being a part of that. Um, for all the listeners, I will tag the boost campaign in the show notes. So that way you don't have to go on Google or do anything. It's really going to be easy right there. The click of a, of a, a button. So don't miss it. You know, go submit if you're going through a hard time. And Humphrey, I just really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. Uh, you're a really fascinating guy. So I think it's been really fun. I've had a couple of good laughs. Uh, I'm ex- looking forward to, you know, when the borders open to meet you in person once again. And then of course, uh, have a couple, maybe more than a couple drinks once all this is kind of behind us. And uh, yeah, thanks for just being on the show, man. It's been great. Well, I loved it. Thanks for having me and can't wait to catch up in 2022. (laughs) I'll see you then. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.